0: Hello and welcome to the Slow Evolution Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Engelhardt, and this is the place for all things health and well-being for the busy mom of today. So grab a cup of tea and get ready to be inspired. Hello and welcome to today's episode where we will be talking all things pelvic floor. And today I'm joined by a fellow mom and a nationally certified Pilates teacher and the founder of Still Point Movement. She believes that knowledge of your own body, along with how and why it moves, can inform and inspire healthy movement patterns. She teaches her clients how to find effective movement patterns and the muscle activation that promotes strength, balance, and alignment. Please welcome Greta Wyatt. Greta, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: So great to have you on the podcast, all the way from California. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited about today's episode because I truly believe that as women, especially, you know, as moms, we don't really know enough about the pelvic floor and how important it is. That's so true. I I really, truly
1: believe that when women not just learn about the way that the pelvic floor works but also learn the vocabulary of the pelvic floor and learn the structures of the pelvic floor then we can not only understand our bodies better but we can actually also advocate for our own health care better when we have a deeper understanding and when we can use the language of science to help us learn about our bodies
0: and help us with uh, understanding our pelvic floor. Absolutely. So tell us, let's start off by clarifying what is actually the pelvic floor and why is it so important? Okay, well the pelvic floor is an essential stabilizer. It's at the
1: bottom of your core and it creates a type of hydrostatic skeleton, which is kind of like a a skeleton based on pressure. So instead of bones, the abdomen or your core is a series of muscles and we'll talk about the muscle names in just a minute, I hope. But those muscles contract all together in a a three-dimensional shape to create a high pressure area inside that kind of um, stabilizes the spine and the pelvis bones or the the skeleton. So for example, if you had a six-sided box or another example might be a can of soda, inside the soda, there's pressure. And if you squeeze the sides all together or if you squeeze the six sides of a box all together, then It creates inter-abdominal pressure, which helps to stabilize the spine, helps to stabilize the pelvis, and creates alignment, balance, and healthy movement. The pelvic floor also is important in, it acts as a sphincter, and it's important in sexual function and bladder control. And so it's sort of an all-around organ area that, or muscular area that uh, helps us to both stabilize and move through our lives, and also helps to find continence. So you find continence with the pelvic floor. In other words, that you're controlling your um, your bladder, and also it helps in sexual functions.
0: Mm. And that's so interesting because you know I was never really aware of the importance of the pelvic floor before i got pregnant and and what i found very interesting is that nobody really tells you anything about it like nobody actively you know you go i don't know how many hundreds of times to the you know your doctor you know to every 4 weeks or whatever to check that everything is okay but nobody talks about the importance of strengthening your your pelvic floor before you get pregnant you know just as a woman in general but also after pregnancy absolutely so can you talk about the importance of the pelvic floor after pregnancy and after giving birth and you know how to restore it so to say sure so the pelvic floor when when you are pregnant with with a baby there's a heavy
1: weight that sits down on those muscles and those muscles stretch out a lot and when that happens, when muscles lengthen, they have less ability to provide tone or tonic uh, strength. And that tonic strength or that tone helps to stabilize the, the back. It's actually been shown in some studies that women who have a pelvic floor dysfunction or a lack of pelvic floor strength, Or women who have had a C-section tend to have higher rates of lower back pain and uh, disc herniations just because of the lack of structural strength. I actually am working right now with a a woman who is a a gymnast, and she is so lengthened and so stretched out in her pelvis because she has to do this for for her job that she actually has so much mobility that her bones are starting to slip around. And so the pelvic floor actually works to stabilize the pelvis and stabilize the bones in our body, as well as the backbone. And so after giving birth, after those muscles have been really stretched out, we can start to, your body start to um, improve and start to normalize. And um, I use that word in quotes, normalize, because there's a whole range worth of normal. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that those muscles have been so stretched out that they lose their elasticity and they lose their ability to retract into position. And this loss of stability actually results in a loss of support for the body as a whole.
0: But then when it comes to the pelvic floor recovery after pregnancy, is there a difference whether you have delivered naturally versus C-section?
1: So there is a difference in terms of what's happened. Um, however, there's not a difference in terms of both a vaginal delivery and a c-section delivery are both essentially traumas for the body a lot of movement in in the bones of the pelvis a lot of... Um, Hopefully there was no ripping and tearing, but a lot of swelling of the muscles. In the case of a C-section, you're literally cutting through layers of fascia and layers of muscle. And all of that, again, kind of results in that lack of stability. When When you're working to restore it, what you really are working towards is trying to rebuild that abdominal pressure. Because again, going back to that idea of that six sided box, if you have a box and it's nice and solid with six sides, and then you take one side away, it destabilizes the whole box. And so in working to restore the pelvic floor, you want to remember that you're trying to restore that support for all of the pressure inside the abdominal system, inside the abdominal cavity. And so in doing that, you want to work, for example, cross gravitational work. So instead of standing up and doing squats, you might want to think about lying down on your back and working perpendicular to the line of gravity so that you're not creating more pull and creating more pressure down on your pelvic floor when you work. But there are lots of exercises that you can do to help restore your pelvic floor.
0: Yeah, that was going to be my my next question. You know, what are some ways? What are some exercises? Because it, as, I, as I said, for me personally, and I know this is the case with many women out there, we are just not aware. We, we don't know. This is not something that, I mean, I think now it's starting to be more popular. Maybe it's just because, you know, I mean, maybe it's because, you know, I became a mom and, and I've been reading more about it. I don't know, but I wish that, you know, more women and young women would actually know about it, so they can, you know, work on that before they even get to that stage of getting pregnant and, you know, delivering a baby, uh, whichever way. You know, right, right. Well, absolutely. I mean, I I feel like this this
1: type of information, the the names of the muscles where they're located, what the function of the muscle is, I think all of that should be taught in school because that's the way that women can then not just learn about their bodies, but then advocate for their own bodies. If you don't know the names of the muscles, if you don't know what's happening, how on earth are you going to be able to advocate for yourself? Exactly. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, let's go back to, you know, what are some, some ways and some exercises and so on that we can do to strengthen our pelvic floor?
1: Sure. So what, the thing that I would start with first is actually Breathing. The pelvic floor and the diaphragm are really closely connected. When you take a big breath in, your diaphragm, the bottom of your ribs stretches wide and so does the pelvic floor. It gets taut, it gets kind of um, almost like a trampoline. Mm -hmm. And then when you exhale, when you breathe out, your diaphragm, again, the base of your lungs, domes up into the rib cage. And so does the pelvic floor. The pelvic floor also moves up into the pelvis a little bit and creates this kind of sump pump. I don't know if if um, that's a term that a lot of people know, but it's like this movement that happens coordinatedly with the pelvic floor and the diaphragm. So for example, one exercise that I would do with a brand new mother, and this is something that you can do within a few days after birth, is just some diaphragmatic breathing. So you can put both hands on the front of your rib cage and sit evenly on a surface that you can feel the sits bones underneath you. And then take a big deep breath in through your nose and breathe wide into your ribs. Don't let them come forward, but breathe wide into the back of your ribs And you can feel your pelvic floor lifting as you exhale and pull all of the air out. So we can even try that. We can breathe in, open the sides of the ribs. And then as you exhale, blow through your mouth, breathe out and feel a lift in the bottom of your pelvis.
0: Oh, yeah. So that's one, one way to just start moving the pelvic floor around. Right, right. Oh, this is so fascinating. And I know that we are all, I mean, as as women in general, but I think especially like once we become mom, we're all about, you know, pumping all these sit-ups and trying to get this, you know, back in shape and so on. But it's, it's not about the sit-ups, really. It's about, you know, the form and just building up. Exactly. The pelvic yeah. floor and the strength. In
1: fact, actually sit-ups are not recommended mm. for women after a given birth. So, the abdominal layer, so your six-pack, right at the front, where what you think of as your abs is actually the topmost layer of muscles in your in your abdominal cavity. There's actually two layers of muscles underneath your six-pack. Your six-pack is called the rectus abdominis. Underneath that are your obliques, and we've heard about those, right? And then underneath the obliques is something called the TA or the transversus abdominis. And it actually is the shape of a corset. It goes from the ribs all the way down to the pubic ramus and it wraps all the way around your core to your back. And it's that muscle that actually creates that hydrostatic skeleton. And it's that muscle that creates that core stability. That's your core. Your mm. six pack is not your core. When you work your six pack and you don't stabilize that transversus abdominis, what you're doing is you're taking like a soda can or something under pressure and you're squeezing it and squeezing it and squeezing it. So for example, again, going back to that six sided box, if I had a balloon inside of there and I squeezed the box and there was one weak spot, maybe the bottom of the box, like a weak pelvic floor, Or maybe if you have a diastasis, which is a separation of the muscles in the front of the body, if that's your weak spot, or maybe you've had a C-section, that might be another weak spot. If you squeeze that box and you have a weak area, the balloon inside may just pop out that way. So increasing pressure in your core is not the right thing to do when you're trying to restore pelvic floor health. And that's so,
0: you know, this is such a simple information, if you will, but we just, you know, we should talk more about it. You know, more women should be aware of that. And and I love Pilates. So when I was going to Pilates and I remember she would always tell me, you know, to press the the smaller, what do you call it? The uh, Yeah. You know, the back, just to make sure, exactly, just to make sure that it's flat and it's and then she was giving me all these like exercises which you barely move but my god they were burning you know know, it's
1: funny i think pilates can be kind of like um you can draw an exact opposite between pilates and something like uh crossfit or some Mm. sort of gym like that and and one of the biggest differences actually is in the type of muscle that's worked Just like those big six-pack muscles, the CrossFit-style gyms work muscles that are what we call fast twitch, where they turn on and they turn off and they build strength really quickly. Pilates and yoga and some of the other sort of more mind-body, more mindful uh, types of exercises actually work a different type of muscle called a slow twitch muscle. You can kind of turn them on halfway or turn them on all the way but maybe come halfway off. And so those muscles actually are your stabilizers. They're the smaller muscles of the body and they work to help stabilize your movement and your balance.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I and and it's so fascinating. I, you know, I love going for a run. I also love doing like toning workouts. I don't like going to the gym. I like, you know, doing all this at home. But then I also, I've, I've recently gotten into yoga. Okay. Um, yeah, so I really enjoy that. But then last week, I, um, you know, I usually do yoga with Adrian. I don't know whether you've heard of her or not. Um, anyway, so 50 minutes, just like deep stretch, but I just needed, I felt like, okay, I need some stretching. You know, I usually always stretch after my workout or after my run, but just, you know, just really 50 minutes, just stretch. And, you know, I did that yoga class or whatever, 50 minutes. And there were all kinds of, you know, twists and turns in here and there, and it felt great. But then, oh my God, the next morning I woke up, muscles were hurting (laughs) That I didn't even know existed. You know, <laughs> that sounds like you were
1: working your stabilizers really
0: hard. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you know, it's so fascinating and it's so interesting. I think it's I think it's really
1: important to be able to kind of address all of the different types of movement. And one thing in my experience, because I in my Pilates studio, I I only um, give private lessons. I don't have classes. And I work mostly with post rehab So um, a lot of my clients are coming to me with injuries or after injuries and after physical therapy, they'll come to me to help regain their strength. And um, one thing that I work a lot with, with people is strengthening those stabilizer muscles. Because even my, even my athletes, I've worked with an NFL player and some soccer players, I guess, football in in Europe. right. (laughs) I've worked with a lot of, a lot of athletes and even them have a lot of trouble with those stabilizer muscles and those longer term are actually the muscles that give you movement for longer in your life and help to keep you healthy for a longer period of time. So it's really nice that we are finally starting to focus on those those uh, stabilizer muscles
0: yeah absolutely and the pelvic floor is a main one of those (laughs) yes 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 well I've played tennis all my life I think ever since I was three years old and I also played you know in college and so I've been always very active and so on but I think even then you're just so focused on this you know one-sided absolutely movement or or you know I mean it was the same with with golf you know at oh. one point I wanted to learn golf and and I was thinking okay well you know I'm fit I'm, I'm 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 you know I'm I'm working out I'm fit I'm so I go to the driving range and I start hitting balls and you know I, I mean I'm learning the next day I wake up oh my god like your back sore sore and then here the muscles you know just oh. because this is like completely different movement that I'm used to you know from tennis Yeah, a lot of
1: rotational work is hard, and it requires a lot
0: of stabilizers. Exactly. Or a few years ago, I did um, hear a Pilates on this uh, reform. Yes. Um, What do you call it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the class is like 50 minutes, and it's just, I think, with like five or eight people, something like that, like small ones. Yeah. Um, and as I said, I don't really like gyms. I don't like classes. You know, I, I prefer working one-on-one or just doing the thing at home. But anyway, so I'm there and I'm thinking 50 minutes, what a joke, you know, come on. I mean, 50 minutes, I'm so fit and this and that. And then we start the workout and 10 minutes into the workout, like, I'm just shaking. I'm like, oh my God, when are the 50 minutes over? <laughs> You know, because you're really working just completely different muscles than what you're used to.
1: It requires a lot of focus, I find, as yes. well my newer clients really have to go slow and careful so that they don't fall back into their regular patterns of using these really big muscle groups to try and stabilize when they don't need to. Those big muscle groups are big because they're meant for moving. They're not meant for stabilizing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. 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 So fascinating. But I do have one last question. Oh What is (laughs) What is the most important thing when it comes to keeping a healthy and strong pelvic floor? The most important
1: thing. I think probably the most important thing is to be kind and be respectful of your pelvis. Know that, especially if you're a new mom, your pelvis is under flux. You're you're awash with hormones your the bones of your pelvis and the tendons are loose and movable and as you start to recover from a, a birth all of those you know coping and adaption mechanisms that you're trying to do when you have a new baby and you're returning to work all of that you um you just need to remember not to push yourself too hard sometimes those small simple movements are the most challenging and the most important. Stabilizing yourself and lifting one leg off the floor at a time, for example, might be an easy exercise to start with. And just take it slow and just be kind.
0: Mm, I love that. I love that. I think in a world where we're so used to that instant gratification and seeing results right away, you know, this is so important to learn, you know. And going
1: slow will actually give you faster results in the long run. Yeah. Because if you go really fast and you try and start doing sit-ups and crunches and, and, you know, lifting heavy weights above your head, you're going to destabilize your spine, destabilize your torso. And then maybe in, you know, a few years, you might have a back injury or something. I Mm -hmm. always ask my clients, And I ask this to every client, whether they're 75 or 25, I always ask them, where do you see your body in 20 years? How do you see your body moving? Do you see yourself standing up and walking around? Do you see yourself using a cane? Are you able to exercise? How do you see yourself moving? And then they answer me, and always they answer, oh, I'm fit and strong, and I'm moving, and I'm enjoying life. And then I always say, okay, we'll do a favor to your future self, and give yourself a, a workout that helps to stabilize your body and mm. move alignment and balance. And that's so powerful,
0: right there, Greta. Thank you so much for taking the time and um, to share your experience and your knowledge. It's very, very much appreciated. Thank you. And to our audience, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that with this episode, we're able to inspire you that keeping a healthy and strong pelvic floor is essential to your overall well-being. And Greta, maybe you can share with us where we can follow you on social media, webpage. Sure. I have a website.
1: Uh, it's www.stillpointmovement, all one word, .com. And I also am on Instagram at still point, that's a a dot Mm -hmm. move. Okay, well, if you're looking to restore your pelvic floor, I also have created a short 35 minute online video. And my uh, video is a class on the pelvic floor. It talks about anatomy, physiology. It talks about some common dysfunctions of the pelvic floor, including incontinence and diastasis. And then it has a, a section, uh, a bunch of exercises that you can do on your own at home to help to strengthen your pelvic floor. And each video, uh, when you purchase it on the website, comes with um, a bunch of different sections and you can also download the audio and just bring the audio with you wherever you go.
0: Oh, this is awesome. And something that we can you know, all benefit from. Exactly. <laughs> perfect thank you so much thank you thank you so much for listening and for being here it truly means the world to me i would love to connect with as many of you as possible so let's connect on instagram you can find me at slowelution for your daily dose of healthy living inspiration If you feel inspired by this episode and want to learn more about all things health, well-being and motherhood, be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. This way, the podcast can reach and inspire even more moms and moms-to-be. And make sure you stay tuned for the many upcoming exciting episodes. Wish you all a lovely week.